This is a Diet of Brussels. What did we learn from the European Council at the end of June that's just happened now? Well, in terms of the uh, British renegotiation and referendum, uh, not a great deal uh, happened. Uh, obviously, matters were very much overshadowed by the situation with Greece, which had reached something of an impasse, which uh, continues through uh, into the weekend. And also the situation with the uh, migration crisis in the Mediterranean and the sharing out of uh, asylum seekers between member states. Now, as I've said in a previous uh, podcast, everyone knew that this was going to be uh, the main focus of the work and what was set out in terms of uh, discussion of the British situation was left uh, fairly minimal. If you look at the conclusions that the meeting produced uh, when they wrapped up uh, on Friday in Brussels, it basically said David Cameron uh, presented a position and that then they will come back to it in December. And that's pretty much all that did happen. There was a very brief interlude during the dinner where Cameron set out some uh, vague generalities about what his intention was. Everyone took this as light relief, which gives you a sense of the mood of the meeting. And then uh, nothing more was really said. However, I think we might also note a number of important points that come from it. First one, and most important, is that the EU is preoccupied at the moment, deeply preoccupied. The Greek situation has got much worse than I think a lot of people thought it would, that neither side has blinked yet in terms of giving ground. And as such, we're rolling through possibly to another set of meetings uh, through this coming week. Now, that matters because if the EU is uh, preoccupied, then that changes the uh, opportunities that are available to the British and potentially throw up uh, a number of complications, additional complications. Now, that might be positive uh, in terms of saying, well, fine, we'll just give you something and don't uh, keep bothering us. Or it might be negative that if Greece uh, becomes more difficult a situation, it might be a way of demonstrating resolve uh, and demonstrating that uh, if we treat one country with uh, an iron rod, then we will do the same with other countries. And that very much remains to be seen, and that will depend entirely on what happens with the Greek situation. Second thing I think that was interesting that came out of the meeting was an acknowledgement by Cameron that treaty change uh, for this renegotiation was going to be unlikely, very unlikely, that it might have to be some kind of promissory note to say that when treaty change comes around, which it might do in the medium term, so at that point, British uh, concessions might be secured uh, in legal text. Now, that matters because previously he has been a bit cavalier about saying treaty reform uh, would be wrapped up by uh, the time that a vote actually took place. And this acknowledgement of what effectively is the reality that I've talked about before, which is that treaty change uh, takes a long time, I'll talk about it in another uh, podcast, is something that I think has been uh, a real problem for him. Now, he's already taking something of a kicking for that uh, back in the UK, where people are saying, look, he's now giving ground and he's uh, giving way. Final point, which I think is possibly the most important one, the most instructive one, is the way in which 
David Cameron is playing a two-level game here. He's got his domestic audience, but he's also got his European audience. And around the fringes of this European Council, it was instructive the way that different European leaders uh, and uh, figures in positions of responsibility reformulated the position. They acknowledged that Cameron has some legitimate concerns and some uh, legitimate objectives, but these were repackaged into different kinds of language, language about reform, language about the need to improve the EU, particularly in the face of all the other things that it has uh, uh, difficulties with at the moment. And I think this is going to be a persistent theme, that the language that the British use to talk about European integration is not the same as the language that's used by their European counterparts. And as long as we have that disconnect, which I think we will do, then there's going to be a scope for misunderstanding and misjudgment, which might cause more problems than uh, it presents uh, opportunities.